So hello, everyone. This is Otessa, and you are listening to Conversations with Hysterical Women. That's Women with an X, the Hysterical Women podcast, where you are all welcome here, friends, allies, everywhere across the rainbow, across the binary. I'm just really glad to have you be here. And this is meant to be a safe space to explore all of the weird things that life throws at us and all of the different ways in which we can be twisted and torn asunder, but also all the different ways that we can come back together. So thank you for listening, and I'm glad that you're here and going to be cheesy, but comment, like, subscribe. Hello. So thank you so much again for doing this. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. No, I'm really excited to to talk to you about this and just to talk to you in general. Um, And in advance of this, I did some internet research to remind myself of all the things that you do because you do so many things. And Too many. um, We need to talk about these. No, but then I was like, oh my gosh. This is so wild that I get to talk to this awesome person. And you would, and then there were other things that, so you probably had a Twitter deep like for me where I didn't realize that you had been on HBO's Crashing. Yes. Oh my, that was so much fun. And Jessica Kearson, who was in the scene with me, was just on my podcast. And she's, she's had an incredible career. She's in like every Judd Apatow film now. Wow. It's amazing. And Pete Holmes, I mean, they were like genuinely the nicest human beings. It was, mind-blowing it like made me want to be in Hollywood they were so nice that 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 makes my day it is so nice to hear that there there are actually wonderful people out there creating in this industry oh the whole set the whole team I mean it was and it was so five-star I I mean I don't know how HBO makes any money because they just had non-stop catering services I mean we had like body doubles like it was insane so every time we moved from our like set scene, they had people that somewhat resembled us stand there. I mean, it was just, yeah, it was mind blowing. We even had our own trailer. It was crazy. I don't know how HBO has any money. <laughs> I have no idea. It's <laughs> like, this is an insane production cost. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's, that makes me very happy to hear. A friend of mine is, um, is one of the writers and, for some HBO shows and um it's always good to hear that people are having like good experiences with them because that's yeah we've had some people come from HBO for the festival too which is a good segue for me to actually go back into um the topic of this which I love the topic and I want to just clarify that you helped me come up with this and I'm, I'm gonna just call it how to have good mental health and make money in podcasting perfect oh I like that title Thank you for, yeah, for helping nail this down and come up with all the ideas. But I think that it really speaks to the heart of basically what everyone was clamoring um, about and saying that they were really craving after a year of pandemic. Yes. Oh, we need it. Yeah. How are you holding up, by the way? Sorry. I, I know that we're on a clock, but oh, I, no. I just do want to, like, how, how are you doing in, after a year? <laughs> mental health after a year we need to check in you know it's been great because you guys know I'm pregnant so it's actually congratulations thank you I'm you know I'm 34 weeks today actually so he's oh wow he's like gonna be here anytime really but um you know in that regard it's been really nice um to be pregnant because you know it is the only thing I've actually had a very easy pregnancy but the only thing for women where I can see that just it's tough in the workplace is it just gets to the point it's hard to be on your feet it's the fatigue yeah. you know 
And the blessing has been everything, my, all my work, you know, all the stuff I do with channel five, everything has been from home. So I like, if I just have a day where I'm beat, I can just go take a nap. You know, you don't have any of the guilt of feeling like you're doing a sick day or which we shouldn't feel that way. Anyhow, Yeah. but you know, it's hard to unlearn that. So it's been a godsend. I mean, it, you know, it sucks in the sense like everybody, right? I mean, I miss just the human interaction and going out and, um, yeah, but in that way, it's been a good time to have a baby. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. It's been good. How are you? Are you holding up? Well, are you guys doing okay? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> last night I had been like feeling a little cooped up and I, yesterday was beautiful outside. So I spent a lot of time outside, like did some gardening oh. then forgot about allergies. <laughs> oh yeah. Those. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, what's wrong with me? I was like, I don't have, I was like, oh, that's right. Allergies are a thing that exists in the world. Like, but that was, but yeah, spending time outside was fantastic. The fact that spring is coming makes me feel very, very um, good, but I definitely hit like a weird pandemic marker for myself that I didn't even realize existed, which I think (laughs) you can only say after a year of this, but um, my pandemic marker yesterday was throwing away a lot of furniture and turning my dining room into a roller skating ring. Oh, fun. Oh my God. I yes. love when things like that happen. I, yes. Yeah, I did that. I, and I was just like skating around in circles in a not very large like floor, but it was so fun. <sighs> it was amazing. I, I, so that, that's where I'm at in the park. No, I think that's, that is awesome. And I love like the gardening and just spontaneity. And yeah, I think that's where everyone needs to be is just embrace it. Cause the truth is, right? I mean, I think we're going to be in it for another eight months, you know, probably another exactly. year. Like, really, the turning point will be more like 2022 than than now. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate what you said about, like, maternity leave and the way that we think about, like, sickness and the way that we pair, like, sick days and productivity. It's all very unhealthy, unfortunately. It is. We're programmed. Um, and you know, I've, I've worked unfortunately in media at some toxic work environments where they do, they make you feel like you shouldn't be taking any sick days or your job could be in jeopardy. And I think the great part about maturity and getting older and stuff is like now when I feel that way, I I actually don't give a shit. Like when companies or jobs try to make you feel that way, I'm like, you know, it's far harder to replace you than you think. You know, exactly. Unless you're terrible, you know, some people are just terrible employees. But, you know, for the most part, if you deliver, you know, you think you don't have any bargaining power. But what I've learned over the years is I have way more. You know, when you finally do stand up for yourself, they back right down. You know, it's yeah. just that they love to take advantage. And I see that, you know, in current media places where I work. And it's like, I just don't fall for it anymore, you know, and I just, I do good work. And when that creeps up and I think, Oh gosh, you know, I I should deliver more. I go, no, you know, you've done, you've worked so hard. It's fine. So I, but you have to really say it to yourself because companies make you feel that you owe them. Yeah, absolutely. And even, even to a point where it's like it, their bottom line is actually illogical and bad for business because if it's a, if it's a place where they're like, no, no, you need to come, you need to come in and give the flu to everyone at work yes. to prove to us that you care. I'm like, that is just colossally illogical and stupid. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. And I, I love the mental health conversation that we're at right now. Cause I think people and younger generations just aren't going to tolerate, I think what our parents and even millennials, right? I think we've been programmed too in the workplaces yeah. to put up with a lot of this toxic toxicity and 
you know, maybe you speak up, maybe you don't. Um, but now I think there's just so many ways you can create an income for yourself, podcasting being one, that people are going to do alternative things. Absolutely. And hopefully go out and create environments that are positive and healthy places for other people to work. And that's the thing. I mean, I'm sure you all see this too with friends outside. You know, it's funny. Media seems to still be a toxic business. <laughs> but I, Yeah, which is why when you said that you had a good experience on set, I was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> You know, it's such a toxic business still because I do, I have friends that work for like government contractors and other things, and they've had flexibility to work from home and take sick days and very supportive bosses. So it's funny. It's still in media so much. Like they really haven't caught up. Yes, unfortunately not. But I'm glad that at the very least, we're able to have these conversations. And there are words that I was thinking earlier today about words that didn't exist when I was um, a kid mm. that now do. And, you know, when you're trying, like, if you don't see something, it's difficult to believe that you can be something. And if you don't have the words, the time that it takes to, to talk around something to get to it makes it problematic to address. Yeah. Um, and I was just thinking of the gratitude that I had about elements of that. Um, and hopefully what we see come out of that um, will continue to foster you know, growth and healthy environments uh, for people to, to create. Um, but yeah, so all of that, I think is, it is weird that media is behind, but what would you say in terms of podcasting and your career trajectory? So you came from radio, everyone's probably, if you have probably heard Sarah Fraser's voice on the radio many, many times. And yeah, you've had a really awesome and illustrious career coming from radio and then also into podcasting and kind of just doing a lot of everything. What are some things that you would say for people in a pandemic who are podcasters or in media about how how would you urge them to protect their mental health? And also, because you've done this, I mean, like your downloads, just you are a really successful known commodity um, who's just like really good at everything that you do. Oh, thank so you. So I'd love to hear like your. I like this lead up. Um, this is good. <laughs> well, I, I think podcasting, the the beauty of podcasting is I think it is a mental health release period. It becomes, you know, it can become difficult on your mental health uh, when you get to the point that you are monetizing it or it's no longer fun or it, is more work than what you think. Because I do tell people when they get into podcasting, it's way more of a commitment if if you want to take this seriously. Because you all know, usually the number one question people ask is, well, how do I get my download numbers up? I, I want bigger download numbers. And in order to do that, it takes an immense amount of work because it's not just putting out the show every week. Then it becomes about booking guests, getting those guests to tweet about you or Instagram about you or mention you. Um, so you think, oh, I'm going to do an hour long show and it's going to be great. And, and if you want to do it for your mental health and you just want you and your girlfriend to do it as a release and you want to talk about your relationships every week, that is a great way to look at podcasting. Um, no, I've taken it on as a business because I, I started in radio, as you said, and was in radio for like nine years. And in 2015, my last radio gig ended, they sold the radio station. It totally changed formats. So I knew that it was time to get into podcasting because we would go out to radio events and we'd ask women 30, 32 years old. Okay. What do you, what do you listen to? Well, I'm listening to this NPR podcast. I'm listening to this podcast. And I was like, okay. 
This mm-hmm. is a sign that the future is podcasting. Yeah. 100%. So I think podcasting is a terrific way to help your mental health because the beauty of podcasting versus the old gatekeepers in television and radio is you can pick any genre under the sun, whatever you want it to be. I mean, that is incredible freedom that's never existed for creators until recently. Absolutely. So I think it's, you know, I think it's helping people's mental health, you know, 100%. tremendously. 100%. And I think that it, what I really like about podcasting is it remind, and this is going to make me sound really old and it's also going to sound like a funny thing, but it reminds me of the early days of streaming media, creating mm-hmm. web series. So that's where I started. Um, and around 2006, it was the same thing. There was, you could create a show and find an audience and people were really craving the kind of shows and the kind of things that wouldn't get greenlit other places and that feeling was so fantastic and you don't really see that anymore with like streaming media as much because now we're in like streaming wars and everything's app-based etc but I do feel like I see that in podcasting yes in I mean across the board which is fantastic so I think in terms of the mental health if you want to talk about something if you that people are going to want to also hear about whatever you want to talk about 100 I'm telling that is the, also the amazing part right I mean some podcasts it always blows my mind what what people want to hear for podcasting whether it's I mean obviously relationship there's so many relationship podcasts but everything from ADHD to you know you name it I mean yeah. there is no topic niche off limits and people want to hear it yeah Absolutely. And when we were talking earlier, you brought in a really good point, which is about finding your niche and niching down and how that was um, a, a helpful <laughs> kind of tool. I, it was, although it's taken me forever to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, there is some truth. to. I think we're in, in, in an in-between space. If you want to grow quickly for your podcast, a niche is where it's at. If you want to, if you value more finding your voice, figuring out if you want a co-host or not, or multiple co-hosts, um, figuring out if you want this to be a, a funnel to a different, to another business that you might run, or if you want this to be a hobby, or if you want, like in my case, I do three podcast episodes a week and now I fully monetize it. You know, you can go either way. A niche is really important in the sense, like if you, like, like I mentioned, if you want to grow quickly, but I, when I first started, I wanted to give myself flexibility yeah. to really experiment with the guests that I had on, what the audience wanted. And I even tried a true crime podcast with channel five here in DC called the mansion murders. I used to be one of those women obsessed with true crime stories. Of course I got addicted to serial like everyone yeah. did. Um, and that really had sparked this, you know, web sleuth in me. So Channel 5 gave me the flexibility to do this podcast, which was on the Savopolis murders. You guys probably remember this, but very wealthy family in Northwest D.C. They were held um, hostage in their home, their nanny, their 10-year-old son, the parents. And they were all murdered by Darren Went um, for basically $40,000 in their house. And, and there was so many rumors around the story because he had worked for the Savopolis family years prior. Um, but it seemed to hold a grudge towards them for like nine years, you know, demanded 40, held them hostage in their home, got $40,000, uh, stole their, their, um, Porsche and then tried to burn that. But in the meantime, he'd ordered a pizza 
in the midst of killing them and his DNA found on that pizza crust was what implemented it. Yeah. But a lot of people never felt that he did it by himself. So we did this seven part series and I, I have to tell you, I, I always think I'm really glad I did it. And it also woke me up that I never want to be a true crime reporter and I'm not really into true crime anymore. Yeah. 